You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. Thanks for listening to the podcast. It is Thanksgiving, so I'm just going to warn you now that today's episode might be a little shorter than previous post-game episodes. It's just because, like, I've been trying to get out to my parents' house, and we had the football after show, and that went really well. But it's important to talk about this game, too, so I'm going to spend some time talking about it. Bears win 24-20. to That's the final up in Detroit. It's funny because last night when we found out that David Blau was going to start, like, I, I, I remember him a little bit from Purdue. But I went back and looked at some of his tape, and I – I group text the guys on the show and I was like, you know, he's, he's got some tools. He can do some things and he's not afraid. He plays unafraid. Now I wasn't sure that he was going to play that unafraid against the bears, but he was really good for a third string quarterback to come off the, the, the bench on a short week. What would have happened if they had had a whole week to get him prepared? 22 to 38, 280 yards, two touchdowns, a, a long touchdown to Kenny Galladay for 75 yards. He was really good, and it seemed like the Bears didn't have a lot of uh, answers for what he did off of play action. I was impressed. But this is about the Bears. This is about the Bears getting back to 500. With this win, they're now 6-6. Six and six. And if you were listening to me throughout the week on the score, I talked about man coverage and Mitchell Trubisky. I don't know why, other than the fact that Matt Patricia seems as stubborn as a mule, that anybody would play mostly man coverage against Mitchell Trubisky. He has now lit them up three times, three times, when they've played man coverage. Today, Mitch's number is super efficient, 29-38, 338 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, and it was bad. A quarterback rating of 118.1. If you're going to go up against Mitchell Trubisky and offer him man, he can dissect man. It's a, it's a much easier thing for him to read. And considering that he has guys like Allen Robinson to throw the ball to, he can make plays. And you saw him make plays today. It was one of the reasons why I thought the Bears would win the game because I was convinced that Matt Patricia – whether it's it's stubbornness or pride or I, I don't even know what hubris thinking that, well, we'll man it up and he'll make a mistake and we'll win the game. When you have a third string quarterback, your margin for error is super low. And considering that they got off to a great start offensively, I was shocked at how much man the Bears offense got a chance to see. But I'm happy for them because it allows them to Stay in this thing a little bit longer. And if you've been listening to the podcast, it's been a theme of mine once we got to the middle of the season where you're building games back to just try and stay relevant. What the Bears did was they succeeded in staying relevant by winning this game today. You're still in it as much as people don't want to think. I saw a scenario that gets the Bears in at nine and seven. Now, I don't think that nine wins get you in. I don't think that's what's going to end up happening. But if you're them, 
you have to look at this and say, hey, that Cowboys team is vulnerable next week. We got a full week to get ready for a Thursday night game. That Cowboys team is vulnerable. You, you can look past the other that team to the next game and be like, hey, the Chiefs are not playing as great, and Mahomes hasn't been as wonderful since he came back from, from that knee injury that he had earlier in the year. But most importantly, you did what you needed to do over the last two weeks. You beat bad teams. Granted, I think the Bears should – I think it, it would be easy for all of us to be like, well, those teams are really bad. Why didn't you beat them by more? Why was it such a struggle? Why did it come down to the last possession against Detroit with a third-string quarterback? Those are all legitimate questions. They're, they're absolutely legitimate questions. But at the end of this, the Bears are in survive and advance mode. You lose this game, that's it. No, no one's buying playoff talk from a 5-7 and seven team. No one. It's too late in the game. You'd have to do too much. 6-6 six and six team, everything's in front of you. You've won a couple games in a row. You've won three out of four to get yourself to this place. And yes, two of those wins have come against the Lions who have a lot of problems, and I'm wondering how this whole thing is going to work out for them. But if you're them, you have to look at this as an opportunity that has been dropped into your lap. You work to get yourself back to 500, celebrate it, club dub it up. I do wonder, and I asked the guys about this on the show after the show was over, on whether or not next year we'll see club dub. If the leadership on the team will... Like, did it already serve its purpose in creating an identity for the Bears? And now that they have a quasi-identity, do they get rid of that? And I'm just wondering if, if, if maybe the leadership on the team would be like, guys, we've outgrown Club Dub. The other benefit of this win is you might get Akeem Hicks back. Like before, when you started talking about the end of the season and Akeem Hicks coming off IR, it was like, ah, it's probably better that Akeem Hicks not do that. But now you might get him back. And that that's something that was clearly missing from the Bears defense today. With David Blau, you're trying to collapse the pocket on him and make it so that he couldn't step up to make some of the throws that he made. And that would have been made a lot easier if Akeem Hicks was in the middle of that defense. They're still not getting enough pressure up the middle on quarterbacks. And the quarterbacks they've played over the last few weeks, it hasn't mattered that much. The quarterbacks you're playing over the last four weeks, it's going to matter a lot. You better be able to get pressure from a couple different directions against Dak Prescott and Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, you better do it or else it's it, it could be problematic for your goals and dreams of being a playoff team. I thought Mitch played really well. There was the one third down play. There's two plays that I go, Ugh. the one third down play where he, he could clearly run for it and then got spooked and backed up and lost the yardage that he had already gained. It was a bizarre play, and it felt like a guy who was seeing ghosts. 
The Darius Slay interception was a great play by him and an underthrow by Mitch. You had him cut underneath and run the route and come up with a big play. And that guy is, I feel terrible for Darius Slay because he's a great player on a crappy team. And I just wish that he were on a better team because he's so good. People know, but it'd be better if, if he was on a much better team. But other than that, I thought he balled out. And guess what? I thought he would ball out. You play man against him, he has shown it time and time again. You play primarily man, he's going to beat it. Anthony Miller with a great game. Nine catches, 140 yards for him. Allen Robinson with eight catches, including that touchdown pass that he had. They used David Montgomery in the passing game. He had a couple of passes. And Jesper Horstead, man, how about that? Is it Jesper or Jesper? Jesper? Jesper. What a great catch on that 18-yard touchdown from Trubisky. And there's a well-delivered ball, and he made a really good play on it. So you got you got the offense clicking today. It's something that Matt Nagy actually brought up in the postgame. He said that, quote, finally had one of those games where everything felt good, where things were matched up from the play calls themselves to the execution of the plays. It was definitely a little bit of a cleaner process, but it wasn't totally clean. You still had weird stuff going on, and I still have questions about Matt Nagy as sideline CEO when you have a player that has to come in from the defensive side to get himself on. We were all like, where's Riley Ridley? And then we were like, hey, where's Riley Ridley? Because he's supposed to be in on this play. And then he comes out there in his first game action. You would think that he would know the personnel groupings that – that he's supposed to be involved in. And maybe that's why we haven't seen Riley Ridley on the field for the Bears so far this year. There was that. There was the stuff after, you know, a, a timeout um, with Ridley. He was one of those. They had a couple of those where there's a stoppage in play and the Bears look disorganized when when they get onto the field after a timeout. And it's stuff like that that it is going to cost you against teams that can better make you pay for those mistakes the lions for the most part weren't in a position to do that considering that they were playing with a third string quarterback who again i thought played you know what i kept thinking when i was watching david blau i kept thinking that's a developmental quarterback like that's the type of guy that you go okay maybe there's something here you don't want to get too crazy because he was undrafted. He is limited in some ways. But for him to do some of the stuff that he did in the game today, I was super impressed. Sliding protections, like recognizing blitzes, sliding protections, understanding what defenses are trying to do. And then his pocket poise was really impressive stuff. I, that's the type of guy that you want as your number three quarterback. And you want to see if he can develop to being a really solid and competent backup, or maybe even push a starter who's not very good. I found myself being envious of, of because I don't believe that neither Chase Daniel nor Tyler Bray could come out on a short week and deliver a performance like that. I thought that he, he played really well. Um, so did Kenny Galladay, uh, St. Rita's finest. Four catches for him, 158 yards, including that 75-yard touchdown. Man, if Matthew Stafford was healthy, considering the way that Galladay has kind of uh, matured and grown into the role, 
I do think they would be a little bit more of a dangerous team, and they seem to have found something with Bo Scarborough. Just got him off the street, and he comes out, and he gives you 83 yards and had a big run that got called back. That tackle that Kyle Fuller made on McKissick late in the game was huge. On that third down play, that was a huge play because that looked like they had called the right play, and McKissick is either going to get the first down or score in that situation, and it changes the way that that, that whole sequence ends up getting played. Um, there's one more thing, though, on the negative side that I wanted to talk about, and it's what seems to be Matt Nagy's lack of ultimate trust in Eddie Pinheiro. They had a chance early on in the game for a 49-yard field goal, and I'm not usually an advocate of 49-yard field goals, but 49-yard field goals inside, yeah, if you're, you don't trust your kicker to make a 49-yard field goal in a dome, then I'm not sure your kicker needs to be on the roster. And maybe what the Bears are telling us is that there isn't enough good kicking out. There isn't anyone that they could sign that would be better than Eddie. I don't know if I want to accept that because I just think that there's kicking talent everywhere and it's up to you to develop it. And maybe they think that they're developing it with Eddie Pinheiro. I don't know, but it just seemed real curious that they were like, no, we'll we'll go for it. What? Fourth and six? Yeah, screw it. From the 32, we'll we'll go for it. Mathematically, that makes a lot of sense. A lot of the 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 quanti- quantitative guys in the NFL will tell you that you should be going for four, fourth down, especially on the on in the opponent's side of the 50 yard line. But they it seems clear to me that they do not have ultimate trust in their kicker. What else can I tell you? about today's game oh david montgomery ran the ball well 75 yards for him in this game averaged 4.7 yards per carry made a couple of catches they featured him which i thought was really good um i thought pat o'donnell did a, a much better job this week than he did last week there was that odd play on special teams i haven't checked the quotes out of uh detroit's locker room yet so don't kill me for this but it felt like it was a mistake it was a mistake and not an actual onside kick. It just kind of effectively became one. But it's so weird. Like Dion Bush is getting back, trying to get ready to block, and he just gets plunked with the ball. It's like, oh, I wasn't expecting that because I was running backwards. Here's a couple other things that are impressive about what the Bears did offensively today. They had scoring drives that had uh, yards gained where they gained 50 yards, 52 yards, 90 yards, and a hundred yards because they they got the ball at the Detroit three and then they got a penalty so they ended up gaining a hundred yards on the drive that's impressive sustained drives you're getting first downs you're moving the chains those types of things are important that's what you're hoping to see from a team to just keep it going I, I thought there were a lot of things that went right for them in this game can they bottle it up and put it in a package and get ready for dallas next week at home and do similar stuff dallas is is hungry right now they've got an owner that is just mouthy as all hell and there seems to be a lot of pressure on the quarterback getting a contract and the head coach trying to keep his job 
if the Bears win that game against Dallas, and I, I joke with people all week, if they get to 6-6, six and six, Bears fans are going to be excited. You're at least going to be interested. And I can tell you as someone who hosts a sports radio show in Chicago, damn glad that they're interesting in the last month of the season. I'm at least get one week in December where people are interested in what's going on with the Bears, and I, for one, am here for it. So I thank you for listening to the podcast today. I'm going to go and and try and get some uh, leftovers at my parents' house. I hope that you are doing the same. If you are on the roads this week and you are listening to podcasts, I do this one, Loho Daily. There's some great back episodes of that. I also do a podcast called House of L that I think that you'll like. If you're someone who enjoys learning about Chicago media members, I talk with a lot of people on the podcast. Just search for it. It's on Stitcher. It's on Spotify, it's on Google Play, it's on Apple, House of L Podcast. My last two guests have been Joe Cowley and Chris Ranji. Trust, you will like both of those episodes. Bears win 24 to 20. They are 6 and 6, and they're going to be in the graphic. The next time that you watch football, whether it's on Thursday night or on Sunday afternoon, when they put up the in the hunt graphic, The Bears are going to be right there for you at 6-6. Talk to you next time.